we are live. Oh, we live from Nubian Human oh. in the Anacostia Art Center in Historic Anacostia, Southeast Washington D.C. <laughs> we got to stay, you know, uh, spread out a little bit yeah. for the uh, for the people. Where's not dead? It's okay. Yeah. So, um, welcome to the Neighborish Livecast. I'm Super Dave, aka Mister Incredible, and with Super. me as always. Is uh, one of the dopest individuals in the DMV. Thanks, Dave. The SC3 representative, DC's hey. native son. Hey. My co-host, Jason. Hey, hey. Jason. We are co-hosts. I don't like to say my co-hosts. Like you, it's, we're, yeah. We host Coley. And, uh, oh. you know, uh, we got to uh, wait in the head to see if... Um, our feminine energy is going to be here. We today. never know. Like she yeah. don't contact us, she but she probably us. not though, because she's real. She's real uh, cautious about the about yeah. the Rona. Yeah. So, so. We just, I just watch the feed and see if she say some stuff. Yeah. But either way, we have a great show for you today because our guest today um, is uh, one. Get of your the, notes, Dave. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even have a <laughs> um, Our guest today. I don't know who he knows. Oh, I don't know if the last play. What was the What was the joint for the hip hop theater? Was it the world of Mumbo, the joint you wrote. Oh, he don't even know. I was. Just, Dave asked me all of the names, the names of all, of all your the plays, plays, and yeah. that was the one I didn't know. Because I wanted to make sure I had them. Uh, yeah. yeah, I can't. Okay, it's fine. Dave, um, John right. has a play that he does not know. <laughs> The title of his own play. That's, that's how it goes sometimes. Well, no, I like, mean, it, 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 it involves mumbo, so it's the other side of mumbo. I there think. it is. The it other is. side of mumbo. Yeah, okay. So yeah, yeah. I just knew it, I took, thank okay. you, John. No problem. It was, it was an alternative universe. Uh, so right. I, I remember what the play was about. But the wow. Was so We're yeah. going to have to talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. But, um, uh, so anyway, this gentleman is an author, a poet, a playwright, an actor, a tribe healer, the creator of uh, Verbal Gymnastics, and the owner and operator of VerbalGymnastics.com. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, John Johnson is with us today. Hello, and we're so glad hello. to have you in the building, hello, man. Dope individual. Um, yeah, I've seen you around a million times. I feel like every time I, I it, it dawned on me that every time we're in the same place with my brother, I say, you know, that's my brother, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yes, I know. All right. But, uh, but yeah, man, so great to have you here. We got a lot to talk about, um, a lot to learn from you, your inspiration and stuff like that. I definitely, um, want to get into all of that. But first, there's a few things going on in the, in the city, in the country, in the world that we need to talk about. And oh, we're going man. to talk about it, uh, right now. Um, I'm working. I'm gonna I'm set up like a beat and a little transition. I'm gonna call it. Let's talk about it. Okay. Uh, we, we didn't do intro music today. Well, it was on. It just wasn't playing. Oh, uh, okay, I'm still speaker. having technical okay. uh, situations, but uh, we're gonna Dave, figure it out. Dave, get it popping. Uh, you got people shouting out to you. Uh, Jeffrey Banks said, "What's up, John? What's up, big homie? Yeah." So um, we got John's a few things popular. that we want to talk about. Yeah, apparently I didn't. No. <laughs> well, well, I did know. Yeah, you're pretty because you do a lot in the city and uh, and a lot for the city, and so that's always usually recognized. So, um, so yeah, I definitely want to uh, start with talking about uh, America woke up this morning to major shutdowns. Everything from churches to jobs to schools to amusement parks. Maryland's governor even governor even announced that uh, they are closing the casinos mm. as the CDC recommended. I'm sorry, the CDC's recommendation of um, stopping gatherings of more than 1,000 people have dropped to uh, not having gatherings of 50 people or more. Uh, and looking at the situation objectively, um, I feel like it's it's a logical, you know, uh, logical steps to try to, if you're trying to stop this virus that's spread by people coming in contact with each other, you try to curtail the contact as much as you can. One of the things I don't understand is the... Um, and I think um, WTOP um, said it was 
reminiscent of like a storm, how people are going to the grocery stores and filling up on like, I mean, you know, getting a lot of groceries and the shelves are empty and all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't know if, you know, the the virus is going to take the food or I don't know what's like the logic behind that necessarily, especially the toilet paper. Like Get diarrhea is not even a, a symptom of there's somebody with like 87 rolls of toilet paper thinking it's the end of the world. I'm right, right. Like, I can't wipe my ass. I'm knocking on your door, homie. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Toilet, you know, hoarding toilet paper is not going to be the answer. It, it definitely, um, I, I don't think, yeah, it's anywhere near the answer, right? So, I mean, this panic is like something that I haven't seen, you know. I don't think I've ever seen this level in my life. Like, even around 9-11 and stuff like that. It wasn't like... Well, I do think people need to stay calm. You know what I'm saying? I think, I yeah. think like, love and humanity is, like, the best answer for all this. Like, sharing, not necessarily... I mean, you know, still social dissonance or distant, distancing. Right. But, you know, um, you know, I, I saw a couple dudes outside being, like, sharing lip lip balm. Like, hey, man, lip homie. I was like, oh, no, no more. Like, it's the end of the daps. Oh, right, right, right. Get the elbow. When you see somebody touch hands now, you must be like, yo, they in love. Right. Really, <laughs> you have unprotected sex right now. Right, pretty much. You know, so, you know, it's, it's, that's, that part is real, but, you know, the panic and, and the hoarding of toilet paper. It's, it's a little a little outlandish, I, I think. Just, just a little. Just a little. I, something I didn't think about and I saw um, somebody post about on social media was... Um, with all the school closings and people not being able to take off work sometimes um, or work from home, is it's a big rush on like um, healthcare. On um, sorry, childcare. Like people are really searching, trying to find like. So if that's you know, there's no childcare unless there's a childcare that has less than fifty kids. Like I mean, they, they exactly, and that's a good point also. So unless you bring in Johnny to the construction site and putting a hard hat on him, or you taking him to work, then you at home. Right. So I think. I mean, the question is, like, today, how many people aren't going to show up for work? You know? Right, and, right. You know, and I, I think it's really time for us to kind of, like, just sit back and reflect on what we're doing. You know what I mean? Like, I was I was talking to Jason the other day about how, like, it's a fight every morning with my kids. I have two children. I have a five- okay. and an eight-year-old. Mm -hmm. And waking them up every morning, they're they just, like, mad that we end up beefing in the morning just to get them ready <laughs> for school. So this is a time where they can kind of wake up naturally and then we have some things for them to do. But, like, the, the anxiety and the conflict that happens early in the morning doesn't have to happen. Like, right. you know, so I'm looking forward to that part of it. But mm -hmm. um, I don't know how long I can endure my kids. I know that they say that the, uh, sometimes they eat the young animals. Just, the, you know yeah, they just, that's the, you, you think that's, that's so, the best way out? <laughs> just go ahead just, and make them a meal. Right. I mean, you know, so we'll see after two weeks. You know, how it happens. Right, exactly. I did. I talked to a friend of mine. That's the uh, interesting, like a uh, sentiment. Because I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, not yes, Saturday, and uh, he was saying how um, you know he works for like a, um, a architecture firm. And he was saying how his boss was um, seriously contemplating. Like they had got the the word that they were supposed to, you know, um, basically either let everybody work from home or basically close the building so they could clean it and stuff. But the boss was still trying to figure out how to keep them there because she didn't want to go home to be with her kids. Like and and I mean that's the answer. Like I'm not a parent, so I don't get that. But like you know, not want to be with them. Though. I mean, I definitely understand the struggles. And like you said, that war in the morning. Because um, I've heard a couple of uh, comedians uh, talk about like that, like in the morning. And then also, you know, um, with my nephew and different things like that. Like kind of understanding it, but of course not being a parent, I don't get the direct uh, understanding of it. But but yeah, to not want to be around them all day, to not be like, oh, this is a good opportunity to pour into them, or you know. And that's that's kind of a weird sentiment to me, but um, but like I said, I don't get it. You guys have kids, like, how do you feel about like 
you know, having your kids or being with them all day? Is it like that? Is it like a dread when you're like, oh, I got to keep them? Oh, it's, it's, it's like heaven for me. It's the most beautiful experience that I've endured. Like, right. Yeah, I mean, I've been looking forward to it. I've been trying to homeschool for years. Um, so this is just my opportunity. Um, you know, I got a different relationship with my children. Like, I've never had any trouble ever getting them up to go to school. I've never, <laughs> I've never really had any trouble out of my children ever at all. Period. Jay is super dad. And um, so, it's, it's so this time is like supernatural for me. It's like I am. It's like a, a supreme, blessed opportunity. Like I feel like I've been rewarded for like hard work and you know righteous living. Yeah, so that's okay. that's my sentiment. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'm looking forward to them. Not, I, you know, I feel like I've I've endured the Thanksgiving breaks, and you know, I, I got like two or three weeks in me, and I, I'm yeah. gonna enjoy being with them. But they're gonna also get on my nerves. They they've developed friendships and stuff now mm-hmm. that they miss with their you know from their classmates yeah. and stuff like that. So sometimes there can be a little animosity, you know, amongst that. And I have my mine's are eight and five, so one t- okay. one is a nap, and if she doesn't get right, a nap, right. she's you know so. You know, I, I want to be that person who takes that midday nap with her, but then the other one doesn't allow. You know, it's just, yeah, it's just, yeah, just kind of yeah. recalibrating the relationship. I am looking forward to being with my kids, too. But, like, after this two-week break, I think they need to go socialize with other folks that are under the age of 10. <laughs> Understood. Definitely. Definitely. So, um, so yeah, I just thought that was weird that she was like, she just didn't want to be with them. But, I mean, like I said, I understand that, like, some of the hassles that parents go through sometimes. I guess it's understandable, but... I don't know. I feel kind of weird about so it. Like, I made 22 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Right, I'm tired of all this PB&J. I peeled 17 oranges. Right. <laughs> oh, you see my kids out here now. They, yeah, they, yeah. They're chilling. Yeah, and Jimmy won't finish his juice box. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, this uh, this whole Corona thing, I knew it was getting bad when uh, Forrest Gump got it, Tom Hanks. They said he had the, uh, him and his wife were in Australia, though. And Australia has a kind of a high rate of it. So, um, yeah, they, they contracted it. Uh, he put up a uh, post. I think it was yesterday saying that he was doing okay. They're, you know, getting treatment and things of that nature. So, but, um, but I was like, Forrest, not Forrest. Anyway, <laughs> but one of the things, um, if you're home this week uh, and maybe next week, uh, at least you'll have a plethora of new entertainment to occupy your time. We were just talking about some of the new uh, music that's out now. I just listened to the Jay Electronica album, which is actually a Jay-Z album uh, featuring Jay Electronica, in my opinion. But it's a dope album. Uh, Jay, you say you ain't like it as much? Well, I mean... That's the patented Jay exhale. He does it. I'm a Jay Electronica fan, so I was just disappointed because it seemed rush. It didn't seem well thought out as a project now lyrically you i mean they both kill it like you can't say like oh they ain't spitting bars on there but you know the production seemed loose and uh it just you know for 10 years of anticipation you know uh it sucked to me <laughs> you as, said as, 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 a a project, as a project yeah, but you know yeah. bar for bar like you know it's kind of unmatched the their lyricism like i got you got to respect their lyricism but as yeah. a project i don't like it at all like and i tried to listen to it because i listened to it the first time and i didn't feel it and i was like nah this jay-z and jay electronica something must be wrong i got I, i'm missing something then mm. i listened to it again i was like nope it sucks like it's not <laughs> it's not you know it, it, it feels like a mixtape like it's, it seemed like an experimental uh uh creative output you know, like a, uh, it's like an Erica Badu experiment. So it's it's real good, 
it's real good. You know what I'm saying? So it's not saying it's a bad project, but it just seemed like an experimental, let me try to throw some things out there without like a concrete concrete direction or meaning for it. So, you know, I yeah, like yeah. Voice the Five Nine joint much better. Okay, yeah, and I was going. I felt like the opposite. I felt like the vibe carried through the whole album, and it, it felt like they worked on making sure it it maintained that mellow kind of feel throughout the album. So, I mean, I like the way it was put together. Um, I feel like, like I was saying, I, I feel like Jay might have had to step in because you know, um, Electronica had been signed for like you said, how long? About well, I know he dropped Exhibit C in like oh nine. Yeah, and so. so it's, yeah, and so he's been, but he, yeah, he got signed maybe a little after that, and mm-hmm. it's been about that long, and so right. waiting for something. And knowing the fans really wanted it, I'm thinking Jay probably stepped in and was like, all right, let me go ahead and put some verses on here to, to finish this up. But I mean, that's what it, it seemed like. It felt, that's what it seemed like. I feel like that just because of how long it took and the fact that it's so Jay Z heavy. But I felt like it didn't. It felt like they worked it to, you know, but I heard they, they balanced did it in each ten other. days. The whole album, or it was stuff that was ready. Well, you know, some of the stuff, I know one or two of the songs I've heard back when Exhibit C was out. And he okay. just put it on there. But, okay. but I heard they recorded everything in 10 days. Yeah. That's, and that's what I it mean, sounds like. I don't know. I mean, because I've heard stuff that's recorded quick. Like, you know, the younger rappers would be like, yeah, it took me a week to record this. And, you know, I, a week to, from writing it to recording, and it sounds like that. But I don't feel like this sound, if it, it, it felt. Like a project to me, I don't know. I mean, but we have different ideas of yeah, you know you different know. directions, and uh, you know, so it is what it is. But yeah, like you said, Royce the Five Nine has a drain out the allegory. I haven't heard that one yet. Eminem, uh, his album came out, I think it was last month, but it's still uh, the music to be murdered too. They're doing the whole um, the challenge now. On have y'all seen the the Godzilla challenge? Yeah, the Godzilla yeah. challenge. Have you seen anything? Nope. Oh, okay, but uh, <laughs> so he has a uh, the the last verse of the song Godzilla on there. Uh, he spits it really fast, and so he's been challenging people to um, to copy it. And a lot of people have uh, tried it. Some people have been able to do it. It's so interesting that, like... Um, Spit it with a face mask on now. What a, yeah, yeah. A it's, mask on. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so interesting that, like, it'll be, like, the, the like, little goofy, like, look white kid from, like, the Midwest that just does it perfectly. But then it's like rappers have tried it and not been able oh, to. Oh, you know who else got a challenge? Uh, Kingpin Slim. Kingpin Slim got the uh, oh, for real? the Gully Vibes Challenge. Shout I, out. Yeah, it's Kingpin Slim. Yeah, that's, yeah. I know the brother, but I didn't know he had new music out. I yeah, yeah, it's man. called Gully Vibes, and okay, he got a Gully Vibes Challenge. I actually submitted something on it, just because oh, he's nice. from D.C., and I like right, supporting right. people yeah, that I know. And, and you know, was I, I producing for Wale work. in the beginning and stuff like oh, that. Oh, he was? Yeah. Okay, I didn't even know that, but I just, you know, I've I rocked with Kingpin Slim, so I participated in, in his challenge. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, it's, like I said, a lot of music out. Jada Kiss, I got to check out that one, too. Ignatius. Jason and XO got new music yeah, out. Yeah, I was Man. like, yeah, you got to make sure you <laughs> shout out the, uh, you know, the, the dude that's sitting, uh, you know, a couple of feet from me. Yeah. Jason, uh, the the single, Don't Die, is yeah. rocking right now. That's what y'all should do doing the Rona, Don't yeah, Die. Yeah, and it's timely. The name is <laughs> yeah, timely. Yeah, that's what my homegirl Kim said yeah. that. She was like, this is very timely. Yeah. yeah. But, um. One thing that you won't be able to get is uh, it's still not clear whether Donald Glover's album Donald Glover Presents was released by mistake or it's a publicity stunt. But uh, late Sunday evening, the entire album, including tracks of 21 Savage, Ariana Grande and uh, SZA, 
was pulled off of his website, DonaldGloverPresents.com, with no explanation. Uh, Donald Glover Presents is also the name of the Adidas shoe line that he's working on uh, with Adidas that's supposed to drop uh, later this year. So they're thinking possibly... You know, the album might come out in conjunction with that. But it was out for like a day and a half. And people that got it said it was really good. I was going to wait till the day and download it, but it's gone now. So I guess I can't do that. Uh-huh. But right. <laughs> he, he who hesitates is lost, I guess. Hey, yeah. that's good. Where, that, where's that from, Dave? Uh, that's from, uh, that's a quote that I saw on the internet. Oh, okay. From, uh, internet joint. Somebody from Facebook said, no, it's an old quote. I'll find out who said it. Thank you. Do you get some notes on um, that, Dave. Things. And uh, speaking of the entertainment, uh, there's also some good stuff coming to Netflix this month, including uh, some gangster classics, Donnie Brasco and Goodfellas. So if y'all haven't seen those, and also when I was looking at the stuff on Netflix, I was going to talk about a bunch other shows but then i realized it's a movie on there called love.com oh, yeah. featuring the dude that we had on here uh what two weeks ago yep. west felton so um if you're gonna watch anything on netflix check out love.com yeah all in the DC, corner at, uh, devon uh yeah. lisa ray is in it uh who else it's a bunch of people uh oh uh, really prashon is in it yeah uh what's the sister we did the show angus okay angus is in it um that's the only people I could think of off the top of my head. That people I should watch it and find out. Yeah, yeah, love. Find out who's on, yeah, right, right. on Netflix. You might see a whole bunch of DC your grandma people. as right, your cousin, right. Right. a bunch of DC extras playing so the lottery. Just, right, just right. check it out. Some yeah, scratch off so, uh, tickets in the background. Oh, uh, Erica Badu got something out called Incense. Somebody shout out the. Uh, oh yeah, but she, she 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 released the online market. I think it's Erica Badu Worldwide Market, something like that. But she's selling incense that smell like her pussy. Oh, okay. And they like $100 what, okay, yeah, a pack. I've heard about that. Yeah. 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 So, and they sold out real quick yeah. and all that. I wonder how they, that was you know, a, how a, they got. $1,000 well spent. Who did the research? <laughs> to, you got two packs. Of, <laughs> <laughs> no. But who did the research to uh, to to make the candle? Like, did she do it or It's probably she Jay Electronica. That's what I'm saying. The album sucks. She's like, I got to hurry before this smelling, album. Smelling like, incense. <laughs> She's like, just one more sniff, baby. We'll right. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of the movies, if you want to lean into your uh, your worry about uh, coronavirus, uh, there's a couple of movies that you can search. Uh, a lot of people, one of the most searched movies on um, all of the streaming sites has been Contagion, mm-hmm. which is a movie like about 2011, right? But yeah, it's a couple of other Outbreak movies, like Outbreak with the monkey. There's Wor- uh, World War Z, 28 Days Later, I Am Legend. So, you know. If oh, you really and uh, V for Vendetta. Yeah. It was and, about uh, the- it's a couple joints about like martial law and like... Those two, like yeah. v, for, v for Vendetta, I well, Am yeah. Legend. Uh, it's a couple other joints, yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't recommend watching that shit. Some now, people want to lean into it and be okay, like, well, yeah, all the way. So they back. Just, right, right. Okay. <laughs> but I wanted to say real quick, a uh, co-worker brought this to my attention, and I realized it's true, and I did it yesterday, is while you're washing your hands and cleaning down your house and your doorknobs and scrubbing everything, take a second. Get some Clorox wipes or whatever you use and clean your cell phone. Like, you take mm-hmm. your cell phone with you every. It's always with you. It's in the bathroom. It's different places. You know, you don't even think about how many germs can be collected on that thing. So, yeah, clean it uh, thoroughly. And maybe that might save your life. Hopefully it does. I don't know. But, you know, I just wanted to throw that out there for all the people watching. You're welcome. Thanks, thanks Dave. <laughs> oh, uh the end of the world with Tom Cruise. Rosaline said that's a, supposed to be a good one. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah we appreciate it. What's yeah. up, Hosolani? Yeah, Rosalani. Thank you for Hosolani. Hosolani. I know it's an R, but 
Just, oh. tr- just trust us, Dave. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. Please forgive me. Like they said, I'm uh, great at destroying names. It, no, please charge it to my head and not my heart. I appreciate you for rocking with us. Um, but I'm not going to try to say it anymore because I don't want to mess it up. But um, So another historic landmark and a monument to the glory of ODC is gone. I'm, of course, referring to the historic Uptown Theater in Cleveland Park. Uh, AMC, who ran the theater... Um, through their spokesperson, said that they have ceased operations at the Uptown Theater on Connecticut Avenue, and all employees have been given the opportunity to move to other AMC locations. Mm. Uh, The theater was built in 1936 by Warner Brothers, and it's been uh, in the news and been the site for a lot of uh, notable premieres, such as Star Wars, and uh, one of the biggest was Jurassic Park, uh, when the original Jurassic Park came out, like all of the stars from Jeff Goldblum to um, Sam Jackson, everybody who was in it came through, and it was it was a huge thing. It's a huge piece of uh, uh, DC history, and um, they're saying that the, their lease was up at the end of March, March the 31st. So they went ahead and you know uh, finished it out. So I'm hoping maybe somebody else will come in and you know. Uh, ask We've been looking for a theater, places. John. Yeah, what you try to do? I mean, it's a movie theater. Oh, but uh, well, originally it was like a uh, it was yeah, a stage, right? I think it was back a, in the yeah. day, and they just back in the thirties it was it was a theater theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then so. they came with them motion pictures. Right. Oh, they tried to get fancy. Right. But right. I think originally it was a theater theater. Yeah. So me and John gonna get that joint. Yep. Send okay. your donations to. Uh, and John just go along with it, yeah. <laughs> yep. Or I mean, push come to show, we just turn into a dispensary and then supply the giraffes at the zoo up the street. Hey, see, that's why it's good you to have creative friends. And yeah. Those thoughts are <laughs> <with> that, exactly. <laughs> so um, if you're a fan of uh, classic horror movies from the, uh, the 80s, early 90s, uh, you'll be happy to know that Jordan Peele is working on a remake of the classic Candyman. Man, I saw the trailer. That yeah, shit looks, looks scary. I was like, I'm not good, watching right? that. Roller coasters and scary yeah. movies. I'm done with all that, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> like, you say you old, don't do none of them no more? Scary movies. And roller coasters. I might be able to watch a Chucky joint and laugh now because Chucky is like <laughs> is not it, scary, but like it's something that's truly. I kind of feel like that too. Like I feel like when I was young, I used to watch all of them, and then um, I was working one weekend in my office, like by myself, and uh, I watched World War Z. And that was the first time I had seen zombies that could run fast. And I wasn't, I'm not going to look, I wasn't scared, but I did have to watch Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs to calm down after I finished watching. That's, that sounds like a pandemic movie, too. Yeah, though. yeah. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Oh, well, yeah. I thought you were talking about <laughs> No, that's an amazing movie, though. That's yeah, a, I know, I love it. Really well done. Watched, yeah, it's really well done. Yeah, these kids' movies are serious. But yeah, um, so I'm going to mess up, I know I'm going to mess up these names. The new um, Candyman is starring uh, Yaha. Yahya, uh-oh, Yahya Abdul Mateen II. He's from like Aquaman, Us, and Watchmen. Uh, Tiana Paris from like Chirac, and it's based on the original 1992 horror movie. Horror, um, excuse me, horror movie by legends Clyde Barker and Wes Craven. And Vanessa Williams and the original Candyman Tony Todd are said to make appearances in the movie. So I, I mean, yeah. I might check it out just for the nostalgia because I remember Candyman back in the day and the big. Uh, I've never said that. It. What? Three times. I know it's a movie. <laughs> I just, I, See, there's no, there's no need the, uh, for me to play the them impact. games like that. Right. I don't need that in my life. You know? I don't need to joke around like that. It's, it's too close to serious. You can but, say it. <laughs> that don't have nothing to do with me. That's on you. You have to say it in the mirror, though, yeah, for him to so come like, and get I'm you. not scared oh. if you say it. I'm okay. just saying I've never done it. You never, you never wanted to just find out if it might have no, I just, I been don't, based in some kind of reality. Yes, it, it doesn't I, I, tweak I, my it, interest. Maybe if you spell it, you still say C-A-N-D-Y-M-A-N. 
All right, but yeah, they said three times, so don't don't say it too much. Now I'm just playing. <laughs> well, it's no mirror. You got to do it in the mirror, John. This one over there. It's a couple in We're going to try it next week on the show? We're going to try it this Y'all can. It's not that I'm scared because it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm covered. You just got to watch Cloudy with a chance of meatballs now to calm no, down? I'm, no. I'm good, man. I, I ain't fearing nothing, which is why I have a whole different outlook, outlook on the whole uh, Rona pandemic. It's the same. It's the same confidence and, b- and belief system that I've always had. Like nothing really changes. So right, you can right. say it forty times. That don't make me. What's, what's that belief system? Well, <clears throat> in re- in regards to to people's safety and fearing, you know, for their lives, and, and you know, I'm just I'm just grounded in like the spirit of God and and in constant conversation and meditation, understanding that you know. Um, all things can be healed and no weapon formed against us shall prosper. So if people who really believe that they are aligned with a certain energy or certain ancestors or certain uh, entities that have been in this dimension that have gone on and still connect with us, you know, um, there's really no fear in in whatever uh, uh, we face. And so in regards to like this particular um, pandemonium that's happening around the world, it seems to be a, a virus that is attacking people's respiratory systems and immune systems. So daily practices are in my life and in my family is that we constantly are, are uh, holistically improving our immune systems and respiratory systems so that, you know, just in general, without a pandemic. And I've per- personally witnessed um, the body's capabilities and abilities to heal. Mm -hmm. I've seen people uh, be cured of HIV and AIDS. I've seen people be cured of cancer. I've seen people be cured of STDs and and ailments and illnesses. And I've witnessed these miracles with my own eyes. Mm -hmm. So for something on the news or something that's abroad that comes forth, it's not going to change what I've already witnessed and believed and saw with my own eyes about right. the body's capability to heal and, 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 uh, and miraculously, you know, make things well and better because I've seen it. And so nothing new is going to change that perspective. You know what I'm saying? And so that's just what I've been aligned with my whole life. So I'm not going to wait to, to this time to be like, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm going to be frightened. But that's not to say people shouldn't be cautious and mindful. Right, right. But what I'm saying is, it's like if you witness miraculous healing on several occasions, continuously, all the time, all your life, you know, I, I just have a, a, a perspective and an outlook that may seem off to you know, the the casual person just living everyday life. You know what I'm saying? So, which is why I, I don't really have a lot to say because it's it's emotional to people and people are trying to uh, maintain their sanity and protect yeah. their families yeah. and their children. So I don't really have anything outwardly to say, but it's like people should also be mindful of people such as myself who have walked this life, their entire life, and, you know, uh, n- nothing can move that connection to the most high or to our ancestors that keep you protected and, and healed and safe and, and, and strengthened, you know, in, in all of those things. So yeah, that's my thoughts. Yeah. And no, I appreciate that. And, and that's so true. It's like, you know, um, I, I noticed on social media recently, it's been like, um, cause you know, um, that, uh, 
idiom, that thing, it always tries to create a divide. So it tries to find the common thing about us and create a divide. And when I say the, the social media as a thing, I mean the people there, because of course it's an object that's just put there, but mm-hmm. uh, there's always people who try to use it. And so now the most uh, recent thing that I've seen is people who are um, who are worried and panicked about it and people who aren't really as worried about it. And so now there's trying to be this, oh, how can you not be worried about Right, yeah, about people it? are mad at the mad other at people. Each other. Like, no, I was like, no, because like, certain let, people are like, oh, you should be doing this. Like, I don't take it personally. Or if people are doing what I feel may be a bit, like, I don't. Yeah, I, it's but, but it's, it's always somebody who's going to say, oh, these people crazy. Yeah, yeah, about. but I try, so, I'm know, not that like, person. Yeah. That, that back and forth. And I mean, those type of things, like, um, it's never helpful in times like this. Um it just creates a whole nother issue to deal with along on top of the, the thing that's already being dealt with. So I, I just noticed that. I thought it was, you know, a yeah. little insane. So, and, and I agree that, uh, you know, that your mental health and, and the confidence that you'll be okay is important so that you aren't unstable because your mental health is definitely important. Yeah. But I will say that, what adjustments have you made based upon this information that's out here? Like, I'm not right. dapping up people right now. Yeah, like, that's, yeah. that's a no-go. Yeah. When I saw the dudes outside sharing lip gloss, I'm like, yo. <laughs> that, you know what I mean? Like, that so, really got so, to them. That's so, the same I, I hope it was chapstick or chapstick. that lip gloss. I mean, whatever it was. It, I mean, they had to dip their <laughs> finger. What's going on on your no, block? The, the, the dude was like, yo, man, he's, he stuck his finger, put his stuff on his lips. And man was like, hey, man, like his lips was ashy. He's like, yo, let me get some of that. And I was just like, yo. Yeah, I hope it was like the Carmex. It wasn't like uh, yeah, it wasn't yeah, a, whatever it was. I hope it no I would never know in these days and times. I wouldn't Dave, be huh? sharing it, but I'm so, saying so. So Jason and, and so have, you, have you guys, what adjustments have you made though? So I know you you said you have confidence and you know and the belief in your ancestors and all that kind of, and and all of that. I'm not taking away from that, but have you done anything different other than like washing your hands? That's a good well, question. I mean, you know me, John. This is my lifestyle anyway. So the same precautions that the world is telling people to do now in these times, that's how I live everyday life. I have stockpiles of water and and food and weapons and you know that's just how I live. You know I you know and people seem that you know that I have a weird type of lifestyle. But now when an uh, occurrence like this happens, it's like <laughs> I don't really have to do anything different than what I've always been doing. Like I'm always uh, uh, taking vitamins and minerals and, and, and certain. Uh, uh, Supplements, supplements yeah. for me and my children all the time that deal with our immune system and deal with our respiratory system. And, you know, we're always uh, eating right and, and exercising and we're always, you know, uh, you know, doing drills in case of emergency. Like that's my everyday life. So you have the toilet paper. That's just uh, uh, yes. I've had a lot of toilet paper for months now. Oh, right. Like, just because y'all like running out of toilet paper. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's just like now I'm not I feel doing more anything. confident. Right. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. I know where to get my toilet yeah, paper. Yeah. Absolutely. Right, right. absolutely. Right. Thank you, brother. <laughs> There's nothing different. So I haven't done anything different to answer your question. But hey, I, oh, I would say that my normal day to day lifestyle is a bit different from the normal person's everyday lifestyle too right right i saw a meme that said the the germaphobes and the obsessive compulsives are now just looking at everybody like <laughs> told you <laughs> <laughs> now you come to me uh, now you're knocking out now you want some toilet paper right, huh? right. <laughs> so uh but yeah i don't think i really i mean um i i, I definitely have changed some of my uh routines to be more conscious. The biggest thing I was talking to a coworker about yesterday was uh, recognizing how many times 
you touch things and then touch your face. Because it's such a subconscious thing to like, if it's an itch or eyelash or some, anything, it's to do it. And so you'll find yourself, so being conscious of it and recognizing how much you do it and having to really make a, a concerted effort to not do that is, is, it was a little bit of a challenge. But after a while, you get it. Like you say, it's, a, it's almost like it's um, a second nature as, you know, seeing somebody you haven't seen it. Hey, what's up? And dapping them up and stuff like that. But, uh, you know. I did, I dapped somebody up yesterday. Okay. Did you wash your hands? My man, uh, my man Victorious opened up his smoothie spot called Spizzy out in Temple Hills. And Spizzy. Then, then, you know, when he came to greet me, he gave me like the, the regular that, but I love Vic. And I was All like, right. fuck it. I'll, you know, it's, it's Vic. You know what I'm saying? Right, but right. everybody else, I've been doing the elbow joint. Right. But, you know, it, I, I don't know why. And I, I was going to stop it and pause it, but I was like, nah, fuck it. If Vic got it, we can but get through this. Like, we can get through it. Like, <laughs> we good. Get right. But a, a handshake now is going to show real loyalty. Right, yeah, right, that's right, how right. it was. So, like, Vic, uh, know uh, that I love uh, you, brother. You're not giving out any of that. And right, I, I, right. I feel like that's the way the world is going to change, too. Like, I feel. Yeah. I have some empathy and I feel sorry for like the other generation. Like when it comes to intimacy and stuff, like mm-hmm. you, you put some Pharrell on your hands. You know what we do with our hands? Right. Yeah. We stick our hands <laughs> in all different types of places. Now you got to be like, yo, what are we doing here? We all hopping in the shot. You know, it's just yeah, a whole yeah, different, yeah. a long hard. time ago, you were just kind of engaged in certain ways. That's now true. it's like, that's true. And you got to put a whole full body condom on. Right. Right. Before like, you, it's <laughs> but it's going to be a new normal. It's like, um, I saw something that said a couple of years back was like, there are kids now who are growing up in a world where they there's never not been a 9-11 or never not been like the, the situation with mass shooting. So we adjust and make these changes and, and it becomes a new normal after a while. So with this, there's going to be, you know, um, a new normal, something that, you know, comes out of this that makes us correct. Uh, I always worry about in, in any situation like this where there's a certain level of uh, panic and hysteria is the level of overcorrection. And, you know, because there's always, you know, that that point where somebody's like, well, we got to do something. Let's just do this. And they go pretty far with it. But then they usually dial it back and find the the, the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So that little period is actually what we're seeing now. And, um, you know, that's why you got people, like we talked about last week, the guy walking up to the Asian guy on the train and spraying him with, you know, Febreze and all this stuff. And I'm like, Febreze doesn't even, this, it's just to make it, but uh, he said it was because of that. And, you know, just the ignorance and stuff, the little things that people do. Um, but, but I mean, I feel like we'll, we'll figure it out as soon as we typically do, you know, so. What's the answer, John? Um, John yeah, the, the answer is to get a pack of Erica Badu incense. Hey, <laughs> amen. Light them. It's one of the few times I agree with I John. Pretend like it's like a, sage. I feel like if we put together, we could get a pack. We could afford a pack and, uh, if we put it together. It up yeah. three ways. $33 a piece. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> That's I'll put it in 34 I'll put the extra dollar. <laughs> You'd be like, it smells like hummus. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Like, Erica like, Badu she, got the she, answer. Bro. She must have ate asparagus that week. Right? <laughs> That's why Jay Electronic is out here slumming. Right. Like, bro, you got to get it together. Say that, 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 that she messes up. She did the common. The I know. Yeah, I mean, so she got the Three thousand never really lost his touch though. He nah, but really. no, but when, when she got you know because three thousand was regular at first, but, <laughs> but you know after Erica it came like fuzzy a, pants. The, yeah, yeah. Everything so, he wore was knitted. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because you know three stacks like used to wear the, like the the, the uh, Braves jersey, right? I remember, like, yeah, I remember. After yeah. Erica, that nigga. he was like, I need to find out who. I, but right. how good is it that it makes you try to go on a journey of discovery hey. within like, yourself? Man, I'm, I'm, I'm still outside. curious. So Erica, I'm still curious. I don't mind being a fourth baby daddy because it's you. Like I'm not doing that with no regular. 
no regular person, but I, you know, I could be baby daddy number four. That's crazy. So before we get into the interview, I wanted to ask y'all a question real quick. And I, I wish Fruitfit was here because I wanted Fruit to get the female fit. response on it too. But um, but I wanted to, um, the Jeannie, young lady. Cheney watching? She just, yeah, I didn't see her she on She just there all yet. the way uh, yes. quarantined. Damn, right, right, Fruitfit. right. All right. Get to touch your but um, uh, the young lady, boss lady, who's been on here a few times, she's a good friend of mine. Um, and she put up a question on um on social media and she puts these like questions up just to get people's opinions and i thought it was an interesting you know topic and so i just wanted to get you guys opinions on it she said if you're married or in a serious relationship with someone should that person know where you are at all times well i wasn't paying attention what'd you say if if you're married or in a serious relationship with someone should that person know where you are at all times and I'm going to tell you, uh, well, I wanted to get y'all's opinion, but I'm going to tell you what I John, said why I said it. Because John can get in trouble. But, but I mean, you've been in, rela- you've been in serious relationships before. So, you know, I mean, but, do you feel well, like I mean, my, you ca- my answer is other- easy because I never really was in a relationship with someone that was like, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, over, over overbearing bearing or, like that. Yeah. Like, so it's never been an issue. So in my scenario, I could say no, not at all, because I wasn't concerned about where my significant other was at all times. You know what I'm saying? But I want to hear from John, because John can get his ass whooped. So I want to hear <laughs> I don't like what you, how you putting know, my man know, out there know, like that. I know. Right? I'm, just, I'm just real curious to know. <laughs> so, I want to know. So I feel like, I feel like um, anyone in a significant relationship can be asked about where they are. You know what I mean? Okay. And, like, you know, I think that at the end of the day, they're, like, check-ins. Like, yo, this is what happened today. It's something that's eventful that happened. This right. is something that... But to to be, I mean, if that's what folks have as an agreement, then I think you should honor that. But if, you know, if you, but there's always like a, a, a debrief at some point in time during the yeah, day yeah, where you just talk yeah. about your day and they can, right. you know, some folks can ask questions. So Yeah, yeah I agree with you. I think it's about the relationship between the two people involved because the, the certain people may be cool with it, but others may not. I think about it's about communicating what those two individuals in that relationship expect from each other. You know, right. that, that has to do with the individual person okay. as opposed to, like, a general blanket, like, oh, this is how relationships should be. Like, nah, because if those well, two people, you know. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that to a certain extent. I would tell you my answer to that. Oh, you got an answer to was, that? Yeah, it was, um, it was, it's, it's a simple, yes, they, they should know, but they shouldn't need to know. And and by that I mean like um you try to get deep, Dave. Well, yeah, I mean just, <laughs> and that's why I wanted. To, I was like, let me because I, I felt like my answer had some validity to it. But anyway, well, as long um, as you got your location app on, the government right. know where you are. Right. Okay. They know where you are anyway. So it <laughs> all matter. the time. But, uh, right. but just for like when you get into a certain level of a relationship with somebody, that person's your partner. That person's the person you're planning to spend the rest of your life with, and things of that nature. Um, there's a um, level of safety and a level of uh, uh, security to having someone just just letting someone know where you're going to be just off some in case something happens like the people who be like I don't nobody need to know where I am like um, D.L. Hughley was like I feel like because I'm the man of the house and I make all the money nobody should be able to ask me where I'm oh, going see, and he said he that's said the that because that can get you in trouble well yeah but he said that because his father whenever his mother would ask where you going he would say something like I'm going to see a man about a horse you don't need to know where I'm going I pay the bills and stuff like that I but those are the type like of people answer. that like have a stroke and drive off the side of the road and nobody finds right. them ever like I want you to at least know what vicinity I'm a be in in case something happens, you know. But then again, I'm a, like I said, I'm you know about to be forty, so that's where my mindset is with it. And then it's all 
it's also like um, I'm not doing anything that's, you know, I have no problem sharing where I am. And I feel like, like I said, if that's your partner, if that's your, somebody should know where you are, you know, just for safety You purposes. could be outside giving a whole bunch of people fives, being a hand game competition. One, right, one right. come back and touch everybody. Like, right. I mean, it's, it's important just to have a conversation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Folks, you know, when, when, you, when you do have someone who cares about you, they also can look out for your well-being, too. Exactly, and, and exactly. Man, that's, that's what I was traffic saying. Traffic jams or, yeah. you know, the, the other things, so... But they I mean, shouldn't. I feel like they shouldn't feel. Uh, they shouldn't feel that they have to. Yeah, know. You, you don't want to somebody feel like feels you have like a boss need, or supervisor. Right. Yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah. If, right, right, right. if you feel like you need to track somebody or they feel like they need to track yeah, you, trust, you're in the wrong relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you need to have a serious discussion about trust in your relationship yeah. and make that decision. So yeah, that's why I thought it was a good question. Shout out to Boss Lady. She always uh, has those. So I want to get into uh, talking to our guest, Mr. John. Yeah, my voice. I don't know why my voice cracks sometimes. Like, You're excited. Oh, yes. excited. You excited? Now we got a superstar on here today. <laughs> yeah, man. He's, he's pretty Dave famous. is nervous. He's pretty famous. Superstar. Uh, I got to get my nerves in check. <clears throat> get your, get your no. notes together, Dave. But uh, yeah, I wanted to, um, I have my notes right here. But um, we talked about it a little bit when you first came in about how um, creative people are usually you know, uh, creative and more than one avenue. I always use the example of, like, Jim Carrey, who's one of the, like, arguably one of the funniest, you know, actors out there. And But he also, um, you know, has a, a strong dramatic performance. But then outside of the realm of, of acting, he also, uh, you know, paints. He's and, an excellent painter. He's a, he's a great, uh, I've heard him sing, and he really has, like, a voice. He can really do that. And a couple of other things that he does. And just people like that who have all these avenues and, you know, of creativity that pour out of them. And with that being said, you do a lot of stuff, man. You're a, you know, um, is there anything um, that you do that is, like, the, the, the favorite or the base or, like, the core thing that you come to? Or is all of it kind of, like, in the realm of? So, so I think. You didn't so, say who he was, Dave. I, we he did, did the he intro. Gave, at the, we gave an intro. Uh-huh. I thought you were supposed to give it up. Okay, I'm sorry. No, I mean, I, so, so many people are, are watching my live for John. It's strange. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have. Well, we we should just John make Johnson him on the, the show so we can get yeah. viewers. Yeah, John Johnson. Yeah. Live. <laughs> no, but go ahead. I'm sorry. But no, no, I, I was going to say. Well, so, favorite. so a couple things. I think. I think many people have a myriad of skills. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you know, I when when um. When when I had my children, the conversation was who makes the least amount of money. So I stayed home was and had to stay home and, and watch the babies. You know, what being I mean? able to have that level of of compromise. First, of, did that like uh, was for for a guy? Was that like uh, tough for you at all? I'm I'm, I'm kind of want to get too well, deep no, no, into no, no, your... no no no. I'm just saying, but just in, in reference to so my wife and I like gender roles is something that we 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 kind of let go of because okay. at the end of the day, like not, both both man and woman can cook. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right. You know so. It, it's not, you know, I can't breastfeed, but I can strap right, right. a baby to my back and go on a walk, you exactly. know, because I, I, I physically have that 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 kind of affinity to do that. So I'm just saying, like, in general, kind of just letting go of your who you define yourself to be and just right. finding out what your skill sets are, then you become better. And mm-hmm. and, and then just to, just to answer your question too, right, I think right, a lot right. of it has been survival. Like at the end of the day, if I get a grant to write a play, I'm gonna write a play. But if I get a grant to do oral histories, I'm gonna do oral histories because that's mm-hmm. the way I pay my bills. Right, right. And then in that process, you become better. I feel like the the even the images in general, just being an artist, the the repetition brings excellence. Right. So right. whatever you do over and over again, you become better at. If you masturbate every day, you will become a master <laughs> masturbator. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you're going to be able interesting to, analogy right. to use. But, but go ahead. I'm just saying whatever you do. I'm just saying like whatever you choose to do. If you do it every day consistently, you become better at it. So part of 
you know, I, I feel like my walk is I've just had a long time to continue to stay in art. Okay. And so the thing that I like to do the most currently is something called playback theater, which is a part right. of like storytelling and improv. So I really, I really enjoy that because I enjoy the stories that come from people. I feel like it honors, you know, the stories that are unheard because mm-hmm. you, you got to have, a, you know, like a million followers and everyone wants to hear what you have to say. But I want to hear the folks who don't have any followers, who are right. not on social media, you know, and I, I'm, I'm excited to hear what people have to say. So, yeah. I mean, I, that's where my yearning comes from in general, and it, 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 it feeds into everything else that I do. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. So the the playback theater is something you do under the um, the verbal gymnastics umbrella. So where did, so let's start with like what is verbal gymnastics if you had to like sum it up and uh you know so so J- Jason and I have a long a long history and okay. um I remember when we used to uh, uh when they was the room with his kids stuff in it but we used to hang out in the room all the time we talk about like eventually you know we're gonna have babies and you know how do we how do we make it as full-time artists you know we, we would ask those questions to one another and part mm-hmm. of it was becoming independent and the way you go about that is by creating your own business your own entity right. so um and because it's very different when i go to an institution i'm like this you know you want to pay john johnson they only want to pay me as an individual Right, but right, when right. I go to them and I'm like, oh, there's a company, Verbal Gymnastics, yeah. then we, we're talking a different type of economic yeah, uh, yeah. conversation. You know yeah. what I mean? And then I can rally all my other fellow artists and teams together to, you know, to you know, implement whatever we dis- discuss. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just basically having a different conversation as an individual than as an actual company. Okay. So creating our own companies have allowed us to have more opportunities than just coming to an institution as an individual and then being considered an artist as a laborer. Right, right, makes right. sense. Yeah, yeah, no, because the the entity gives you the power to demand, you know, um, um, more wages to or you know higher pay and things of that nature. Right, and just and, and, and to be creative. Like, yeah, what do you guys want to do? Oh yeah, right. we can we could do. You want to you want us to shoot something to edit it? We could do that. We you want yeah, us to be, yeah. ten actors? We could do right, that. Like, right. it's not you're not just hiring John. You're hiring my 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 knowledge base and the years right. of art that I've been doing and my ability to go out and galvanize my own artist community to meet whatever goal that you want. That's it's a very it's a very different yeah. conversation. Yeah, and it make, it makes you that much more equitable. That's dope, man. That's dope. So where did the name come from, Verbal Gymnastics? So I had a dentist who um okay. his name is <laughs> Dr. Wilson. What's up, Dr. Wilson? You're probably not on social media. But, <laughs> right. um, but he was um always talking about the seven parts of speech. Mm-hmm. He was he was like he'd be in your mouth like what's the seven parts of speech? You try to talk to him like <laughs> he's like, No, that's wrong, that's wrong. Go down to seven parts of speech. No, what you say, right? Right. And um so and and, and he would he would actually use verbal gymnastics in a negative time, like people just talking shit. Like, you know, these politicians out here just, you know, using verbal gymnastics, convincing right, people right. to you know, I was like, mm. I actually like that term, you know right, what I mean? As right. far as like taking words, making them flip, being a poet, exactly. being a writer, like you know, giving giving words this this malleable kind of feeling, and not mm-hmm. like shit talking, but like actually real, like right. you know, creating a lane for for words to exist and create narratives and stories. So that's where the name verbal gymnastics came from, my dentist. From your dentist, that's an interesting story. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect that, but uh, so um, so uh, going back even further, um, because uh, to be able to use that name and apply it to what you do, it had to start with like a uh, love of like the written word and writing. So where did that start or where did that come from? Um, so I, as a, as a elementary school student, I was like, I was in the, the, the lowest um, reading class and the highest mm. math class. So, so I'm, mm. I'm, I'm pretty good with numbers, Okay, but I've always had challenges with, um, you know, English and the okay. language and, um, and, 
And then one of my teachers introduced me to poetry, and poetry didn't have to, it, you know, like you, yeah. you get your paper mark. That's a run-on sentence, and you know, but in poetry, that's this, yeah. that's yeah. just a long-ass line. line you right. know what I'm saying? <laughs> as long as you got enough breath, you can say it in that line. Exactly. And so it was a, it was a freedom that I experienced in education when I was introduced to poetry. I'm like, I can mm. write whatever I want. I can even spell it wrong as long as I know what I'm saying when I stand up and spit it in front of folks. Right. And and that freed me up to be like, okay. Let me let me actually use this this language to to create right. my own narrative and and to and to make these words flip and to tell stories that come out of my brain. You right. know what I mean? Because yeah. I was struggling with it for so long, and now like you know, I can use these I can use these letters, you know, these twenty six letters, right, and do whatever <laughs> right. I want with them. Right. That uh, that's it's an amazing thing. Like I had a um, I used to rap. I had a a line that said, "We work with the most negotiable currency is the spoken word." Because like the only reason money has the value that it is is because we say it does so like being able to exactly. like you say use that and mold it and make it into something that people actually you know um that becomes a thing like a play or a book or whatever or poetry just something that uh contributes to the zeitgeist of the world and, and, and like, that's i mean like that's really important right now because that is where alchemy yeah. exists like in these mm-hmm. times of uncertainty and stuff like we have to actually use our minds and come up with innovative creative ways to right. do anything right. whether we're singing songs to our children in the morning whether mm. we're, um, you know, and, and, and I, I made a decision like this last year. I've gone through some serious health issues. And then um, okay. and, and, and I was like, I'm going to use art as currency. Mm-hmm. So to use it like, yo, if you want me and you don't got the money, then what do you what do you offer? If I'm coming to your institution, you offer counseling. And me and my family come in for some counseling sessions. Same. I can give you my art, but we're getting some counseling we're sessions. Some, and, yeah, and, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like. It, it doesn't have to have the commerce attached to it that we typically have. And I feel right. like that's a better way because we, we, we were integrated as black people. We're integrated into those systems, right. you know, like the stock market, which has been going, we were, we were exchanged on, on, you know what I'm saying? Like right. we were traded, you know what I'm saying? So, and then we we're, we're, we're told and then compete in that system. So the only way to flip it exactly. is to actually use our, our art to our skill sets and barter and trade in a different way than, than right. you know, than somebody else who sets the standard for what, what we value that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, man. And I feel like uh, to a certain extent, there's a uh, a war or a concerted effort to kind of suppress um, uh, that ability to use our art, right, and that connection that we have with the art to, to like you said, in these times, it's something that we have to use our minds and our, uh, you know, our our art, basically, our expression to kind of make it through. And it, yeah. it just feels like that it's being like with all the technology and everything, it's it's... Uh, people don't do as much thinking and free thinking as a, uh, um, to that matter. As well as like the Nike swoosh was an art <laughs> artist created as right, they yeah, probably yeah. had like a hundred different variations so of the that. swoosh, you know right? I mean? like, yeah, yeah. You know the Puma yeah. emblem, like the you know like all of those things were created by artists and then they were used by a corporate entity to make money to yeah. create a brand. And yeah. I'm just saying, like I think sometimes we dumb those things down. Like exactly. how are we going to get creative yeah. now with feeding our children when school is closed? Right, you know right. I mean, like is that yeah. starting a garden? You know what I'm saying? Is that establishing relationships with your with your boy who got the guns and the toilet paper? Right. You know what right. I mean? Like what like what like you we really have to be creative all the time, not just in times of need, but all the time. So when times right. of need arise, then you can actually resolve problems with creativity and think mm. out of the box as opposed to like, you know, these very uh st- you know, like structured ways of that that are given to us by like right. upper management who doesn't do what we do. Like you know, right, what I mean? like right, right now, right. right now society's finding out what it's like when people don't show up for work because their kids are home. Right, exactly. It's it's a whole new thing. Like yeah, it, it hasn't. Like I was I was saying, I've never I haven't seen anything like this 
uh, in my lifetime, anything uh, outside of like a um, a natural disaster or storm or something that kept people like snow or something like that that kept people from work, something to be like a, a virus, you know? Right, and it's and it's and it's technically invisible, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so what yeah, Jason's yeah. talking about is having faith and all these other things that 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 tend to be in like the spiritual world, or you know what I mean? So like, what do, what do you do when there's uncertainty? You stay exactly. calm, you exactly. know what I'm saying? Like you you yeah. become more compassionate, more loving. You know what I mean? Because that's the way you get through it. You know yeah, what I mean? You yeah. can't because if you freak out, then you then you are you are you are are, are just you know we we contributing. What to what the I'm problem. saying, but human beings, we pride ourselves on being saying we're thinking and we're not like instinctual like animals. Right, but right. When you panic, you become just yeah, instinctual. Yeah, that's, that you fight or flight is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, yeah. you don't, you don't, you can't make any any sound decisions. You know exactly. what I'm saying? So exactly. I think this is really time for us to be compassionate, loving, and creative. Yeah, you know, yeah. and you become what the people who don't have the capacity to do that need yes. at that time. So yeah, that's dope, man. I, I knew this was gonna be a good conversation. So uh, let me ask you: Do you remember the first thing you wrote, like the first like uh, play or poem? Or let's let's say poem. The first poem you wrote, do you remember it? Or uh, maybe not like line for line, but at least like what it was about. Or so, so I, rem- I remember. I, I, so I don't know. We 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 all kind of like in the same same kind of age range. Right. A long time ago, we used to take like a, a VH. I mean, I don't know. Cassette tape. Cassette tape. Yeah. Used to put the tape over the joint. Yeah, yeah. And cool. find another radio, and you used to play like the instrumental and then rap on it. Like, yeah, I used to do that. <laughs> yeah. I used to sit there and um, you know, yeah. just cut and just yeah. rhyme on them. And you're like, oh, okay. And then you realize, like, okay, if I take away the beat and I just say the lyrics, then it's a poem. You okay. know what I mean? So like. Okay. You know, I'm 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 a person who's like hip hop, but like also I hear I hear Nas. I think Nas is a poet. Right, right. You know what I'm yeah, saying? definitely. So like, definitely. You know, I hear I, I you know I think I think uh, J Cole's a poet. You know, yeah, I think Jason's yeah. a poet. I like when I like I like the songs where I hear him. Yeah, you know, yeah, so, get lyrical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So 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 um, you know those I gravitate to that. I like the words. I like the, you know why you put that word next to that word. Like how the exactly. third line is associated with the first line. So right. Um, you know. I, that's the first. My first phase was just like rhyming over a tape, and okay. then it was like once I got that that freedom to be like, oh, it doesn't matter how I spell these words from the, mm-hmm. from the poetry teacher. I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. well, I can write my little messed up words because I don't know if I before e except after c. Right, I exactly. The, I know a word I just wrote down. Yeah, you know, you know what it so, means. Yeah. Right. So, um, and then that you know, and from there on, then you had a notebook. You know, you would just jot down there. You put everything in your phone. That's right. Right. Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, man. It's um, so. Uh, but you don't remember like what the name of it was or anything like that the first. No, I don't. I don't well, remember. I don't, I don't remember. My, I don't like, remember my first poem, but yeah. I remember you know just trying to rhyme. So you right, know anything you together. say, you know it yeah. probably started with your name. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm John, not a con artist. <laughs> you know, like it's something. You know, something that's just yeah, kind of yeah. like Pars. you know. That was tough because I couldn't really find too much to rhyme with David. Slave. <laughs> but no, you said, that's Dave though. He always was slave. I don't, slave we're Dave. We're gonna move away from that and move to the next question. Um. <laughs> so do you no? <laughs> um, so do you remember the first um, uh, like uh, play that you saw? I don't remember the first. I don't. I don't remember the first play play that I saw. But I remember. I remember the first time I froze up though. Let me, guys, okay, yeah, the that. impact was more. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, so like great, yeah. you know, all kids in February end up being like Martin Luther King or, uh-huh. or you know somebody. I know I was at church and I think I was like Martin Luther King or okay. Malcolm X or somebody, and I had to like say like two lines. And I swear, like, I just, I looked up and I saw the audience. I was like, they waiting on me to speak. 
and everything just shut down. Like, you know, uh-huh. then they start clapping for you, then you start crying, <laughs> you know, and then you get up there, you only say like two words, and they still clap for you because they're trying to encourage you. Right, yeah. And yeah. I was and I was dissatisfied with that. I was like, I didn't get out, I didn't do my job. Right, okay. And okay. I remember being like, how do I get, like, what, you know, how do you get over stage fright? How do you mm-hmm. get over those things? And even now, like, you still get nervous. Like, I don't care yeah. how many times you get up in front. You're like, man, am I going to be able to get this message across? Am I going to be able to exactly. do it right? Yeah. And, um, and, you know, you get comfort from rehearsal. That's another thing that Jason and I talk about a lot, like repetition. Yeah. You know, like, we, yeah. you know, when you, oftentimes when you hear a person sing a song, they don't sing it a thousand times. Exactly. Or exactly. a poem. Even they, the ad Right, right. They yeah, right. So, you, and, you, and, and, then, and then as you get more mature in what you do, then you, you can slow it down. You can talk in between things. You can connect with the audience exactly. better. Exactly. You know, but I remember, like, literally freezing and being upset that I wasn't able to get the message across. And that mm-hmm. would kind of start to drive me to be like, what, what do I need to do in order to prepare myself better so when I stand up in front of people, I can actually articulate myself? Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, so remember that, because that's, that's um, some of the most impactful moments. It's yeah. like your, your mistakes that, that really imprint on you. And I think like, it was like, I had a dream. It was, right, like, right. It was like the most standard right. line that you ever had right. to say. You're like, oh, I couldn't say I had a dream in right. front of my Right, after it, you, you go, you, like, then all the way home, you're like, I had a dream. I had a dream. I had a, right, right. You know, I love talking to creatives, especially artists, because uh, you see the parallels and how you go through a lot of like of the exact same situation. Um, uh, I had a few of those, like with... Um, with music and rapping and stuff, just uh, freezing up and stuff, and then being like, how can I, you know, get to the point where I can do this? And so, you know, my remedy was the same. It was just, like, practice my way out of So I practiced to the point where everything was so second nature that then I could have the freedom to embellish and add, yeah. you know. So, yeah, that's that's such a powerful thing. And, and a lot of it comes from, like, either disappointment because you didn't get it right, right. or yeah. when, when someone claps and that applause, that's gives you that, you know, that yeah. success yeah. gives you, a little, you bit, a little boost. It's like vitamin yeah. C to your immune system. You're like, exactly. okay. I want to get that. I want that again. It's I like a little, that, yeah. and then you like, you know, you you try to evaluate. And, and and let me just say this other thing too about artists. I think, mm. you know, at the end of the day, I feel like an artist is a master of observation. Mm. You know, for somebody to actually take a paint and paint someone standing in front of them and be able to universally, you know, connect that to everybody else. That's important. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of what we do is we make observations and we 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 kind of make ourselves the the executives of those observations. Okay. Like, yo, you, I want you to come hear my observation of the coronavirus. Right, right, exactly, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, um, uh, so it's just important that sometimes, even though artists do a lot of speaking and stuff, I do spend a lot of time just being quiet and walking and, and listening to other yeah. people so you can get like a... a a general understanding of, of the world right. that you live in outside of yourself. Exactly. Because then exactly. when you stand up, you represent the narrative of many people. And then you can add, right. your, you know, but in there you add your own, like, unique perspective in there too. But, like, you know, a lot of a lot of being an artist is listening and observing, exactly. in my opinion. Exactly. Yeah, observation and introspection. Introspectiveness. Yeah. Intro, you know what I mean. But, yeah, yeah. so, yeah, that's, that's such an important part of uh, of any good artist, I think, is, is that period. Like you said, exactly what you said. Like, I agree with everything you've said so far. I haven't done. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, um, do you, uh, I already asked about the, yeah, the place. So, look, I'm... You got me. You threw me off. I'm so happy. Well, with I, can I can I just add some extra thing on there? Sure, sure, yeah, go ahead. And, and this is for all the other artists and those folks who who are friends with artists. Right now, it's really hard for all of us. Like all of my events have gotten canceled. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's the way we make our money. That's the way we feed our family. It's so tough, yeah. 
Um, you know, when art does resume again, please go out, go buy a ticket to a play, go see some art. I mean, you're probably going to be fiending for some social interaction at that point yeah, in time. Yeah, right. But just understand that, like, we were already, like, elevated music in many of the eyes of institutions and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. now we really are suffering because everything's been shut down. Like, right. and, 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 and the other thing that I just realized the other day when they said, okay, we're stopping gatherings of people of a thousand or now it's like 50. Now it's 50, um, yeah. You realize that artists and entertainers, that's their superpower exactly. to galvanize thousands exactly. and hundreds of people together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and now yeah. it's like, oh, our superpower is being limited. Right, you know what I'm right. They, so they, like, they found the kryptonite for the well, superpower. I mean, yeah. I mean, social media exists. We can do events and stuff like this. But like at the end of the day, that's a tough, you know, and then the fear they may, they may pursue in that where people are, are scared to go back out and, and engage in that type right, of bomb. Right. So yeah. we have to be creative and figure out what, what is that what is that new that new system look like, like exactly. you know, yeah. yeah. So and that, that's so true because even with like the social media, the people who thrive off the the feedback of that live performance is going to be tough for them to you know to get past that. But um, but but maybe what it would do though is it'll make people appreciate those things. I remember sometimes you go mm-hmm. to a concert and everybody got their phone out yeah, recording yeah. the artist. I try like, to never do like that. you are in the space with the artist. <laughs> Like, if anything, just watch Absorb the shit it. and yeah. then go tell everybody about yeah. it through your own yeah. words. You don't have you know to saying? be a camera. They got camera people there. Right. Like, if you so wanted to watch the shit, you could have stayed home and saved exactly. your money for it. So I'm just saying, like, you know, I think it's time for us to really evaluate. Like, look, y'all, if y'all coming, everybody's like, we've been at home our whole lives. Like, turn your phones off and just come and be present. Be present. And listen the to the words that folks are saying and, and respond, exactly. you know what I'm saying, um, authentically to what you're hearing. You know, be, be engaged in that way. So I'm, I'm hoping it makes us look at ourselves from that and kind of like, you know, wean ourselves off of like our addiction to social media because we're going to be super addicted after being in the house. Yeah, yeah, all this yeah, time, and that's all know? we have to really feed off of. scratch like, yo, my phone. Right, I got right. 10% battery life. Oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? You know? but, uh, so uh, what inspires you? Like when you, when you work, like when you do like, you know, poetry or the plays that you come up with, like where does the inspiration for that art come from? I'm from people. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, okay. you know, uh, art art is, is a connector of people. So, like, you know, when you hear folks' stories, they kind of stick to me. You know what okay. I mean? Like they like mm. I don't they don't go away. You know what I'm mm. saying? And um and, and it's you know, they they teach you how to how to you know, like recently I, I did an interview with Core Masters Barry. Um oh, nice. and also this guy named Frank Smith, Dr. Frank Smith, who was a um city council member. Mm-hmm. And um, you know they 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 give these amazing narratives of D.C. You know when it was super chocolate city, mm-hmm. you know and like and and and, and, the, and all these varying classes of people, and you're like wow like you you can you know as we talk about it changing when you hear stories of the past you're like oh what you you see the dramatic change even though right, they talk right. about it over a sixty year period yeah. and then you can say well I can actually change that myself because I'm the I'm the modern day you know person who can exactly. pull and and twist and turn and change those things. So I mean, like those stories just stick to me, and I'm I'm inspired by by incidents, by people, mm-hmm. by you know I I like stand up comedy, so I like mm-hmm. watch a lot of stand up because I think that's an amazing art form to be able to be a storyteller and to tell stories. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I mean everything, and then the motivation of just like I need to take care of my family. Right, so. <laughs> that's the strongest. And thing. I want to do it as an artist, so I take it very seriously. That's dope. That's dope. So um, so um, I asked Jay uh, the full list because um. You know, I knew some of your plays, but you have um, he, the list he sent me was one man in a world full of women, sentenced, uh, the unemployment line, I am Anacostia, and he said uh, the world of Mambo, but what was it? 
I think it's the other side of the Mambo. The other side of Mambo. And then you had the 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 Nuts series. And the Nuts series. Yeah, yes. and I saved that one for last because I was trying to find like a a, a way to say that these Nuts was my favorite without sounding weird. Without without it sounding a little these awkward. These Nuts are my favorite. Not, but uh <laughs> not R, because that makes it sound even weird. That series is that series of, of uh plays is my because that was the first um one Jay had hit me, like the first one. It was like, I'm in this play, come do it, check it out. And I came there and I was blown away to the point where I ran up to him like I don't know if it was a, immediately after, but I remember saying, like, that was amazing. Like, did you like was that something you really went through? Cause I felt that and I've been through stuff like that. And he was like, Well, nah, it was just, you know, my man uh John wrote it. And uh, I'm like, oh, okay, because I, I, you know, the way he delivered it, and shout out to his acting ability, it felt so, no, you know, powerful. Wrote, everybody wrote their own piece. Okay, you wrote your own piece. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, I didn't know that. I don't. You probably told me that too. Anyway, I'm sure I did. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, just the, putting that whole thing together was amazing. Those, um, you know, monologues that uh, that balance. Um, do you have a favorite like uh, a play that you've written? So, so. I can I'm I'm gonna answer that question, but I want to just have a little bit more dialogue. So sure, even sure. even with my children, it's funny how you don't realize how like male dominated the world is. So you sometimes have children, you're like, whoa! Mm. Every Disney movie, there's like some knight rescuing a woman. Right. You know what I'm saying? Then Mo- Moana came out. I don't know if you guys seen Moana, but Moana mm. was like a coming coming of age story from a little girl's perspective, where she was, you know, destined to be the leader of her tribe, and then she goes on an adventure, you know, all that okay. kind of stuff. But it doesn't. It didn't have a male like savior. Okay. Which I think was, you know, and it's like, you know, so and 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 so that dawned on me just because I have two girls, mm-hmm. um, but as well as like it's important to put our own narrative out. Like we got beers now and dreadlocks. Like, but if you look, you know, on TV, there's like Kojo or somebody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. They don't, yeah. even though they might be black people who are who are who are presented in like mainstream media, right, they don't right. really reflect, you know, my narrative or my story. So like, I, I felt like it was very important to always have somebody who was a reflection of the community in my yeah, pieces and to yeah. write about my community because it's a very mm-hmm. unique, like we live in the nation's capital, mm-hmm. which which still has a predominantly black population. Yeah. And I'm sure people are shocked when they come in and be like, whoa, I didn't notice many black people existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Maybe they're good black people. Let's you know just give them a try. But I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, but like, so we have to celebrate that even as it's being eroded now, like we don't get to dap each other up the same way. There's no more Unifest. There's no more black fan reunions. You know what, right. what I'm saying? So um, places right, like yeah, this yeah. that oh, have like the black yeah. love experience you know, mm-hmm. who keep that culture and that narrative is important. And then, but every genre, like they need black music, you need black art, you need mm-hmm. black toilet paper. You know what I'm saying? We need, <laughs> because we because we that we need we need folks not only to consume, you know, our art, but it needs to be authentic from where we come from, and exactly. it's to have our own narrative attached to it. Like mumbo sauce means something very different than ketchup. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. It has culture attached exactly. to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. um, all all of the all of the pieces I put have that. That that is the undercurrent of everything. It's like, okay. yo, we need to tell our own stories and our own narratives. I feel that when I see your pieces too. You kind of you kind of answered my next question, but um, I'm sure you have a little more in depth about it. Like, um, with being a playwright and that being one of your, um, you know, your, I guess, uh, main focuses to a certain extent. Um, there are definitely places like New York, like, um, you know, Atlanta's place scene. I mean, um, theater scene is really coming up and things like that. Cali, not so much, but different places you could have went. Why was it important for you to stay here and kind of build that that legacy here in this area? That's a great question. So when I graduated from um, from UDC, I went to UDC and, and studied, studied theater. 
um, my, my professors, you know, you, you're a black actor. Mm-hmm. And so other than February, you unemployed for 11 months. Right. You know what I'm saying? You're like, oh, you know, you can play, you know, you got dreadlocks. You can be Bob Marley's cousin. Right. That's great. But then after, after February's over, it's like, oh, you, you know, you, you back to, you know, making smoothies or slushies whatever or whatever. You, you know do, what I'm saying? Yeah. Trying to, trying to. So um, they always encouraged us to like go and audition for like a Disney cruise. Like that was the, that was like, we, we, you're about mm-hmm. to be, Gifted with this degree, you're probably going to have to get a regular job, but hopefully you get on with these Disney cruises. You can make a decent living for yourself until your knees don't work from dancing and singing, right. you know, songs or whatever, right? And I was like, man, I can't. I'm, that's, that's not my trajectory. One, I can't right. sing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Two, um, it just wasn't, it just didn't feel right as that was my only narrative once I graduated. Right. So I went to New York. I went okay. to New York. And this was a time where, like, you still had to have, like, a, a, a headshot and resume and the mm. professor was like, find a New York number because they see a DC number, they're not gonna hire you. Like it was all these little, oh, wow. little tactics about going to New York. Mm. And, and and when you when you go to New York, like they are hiring all over the country for for right. non-union and unionized workers. So yeah. when I went up, there was an August Wilson play, mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, man, I'm going to audition. And um and you know they have a union day just for there's a, there's unionized. Actors and their non-union I actors, right? That, uh, that distinction right, right. very. So I, had, I, I wasn't, you know, I just graduated. I didn't have a union cost. So I went right. to the non-union joint, and I'm saying, like, the people who showed up, like, I think this play was written in the '60s, August mm-hmm. Wilson, whatever play, like Seven Guitars or something like that, and um, the actors who were auditioning wore the 60s or 70s yeah. clothing they just for the audition. Life. I was yeah. like, yo, you spend two hundred dollars on your outfit. For audition that you and I, so that was when I was just super humble, like damn, yeah. like they go hard in New York. Yeah. And then I went to open mic in Greenwich Village, and of course you can't get on the list because you know like it's only yeah, the it's people. Greenwich who, Village. Yeah, yeah, right. And um, and everybody who came up on the stage was killing. It was a dude who looked like he just got finished working on cars, and he got up and sung. He sounded like Tender Pendergrass. It was wow. a whole bunch of dudes with like you know. New York Yankee baseball caps on and jeans sagging, but then it was like an acapella group and they were like, everybody was excellent. Wow. I was like, yo, yeah. I don't know if this is my lane to come up here and compete with all like, like you got oil stains on your joint, but you sound just like an album, you know what I'm right, saying? Right, yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, it, I was like, we, we live in a city with 700,000 people. Mm-hmm. If I can just get 1% of those folks to support the work that I do, then I can be successful. You know what I'm saying? Right. This is the time where, where folks are beginning to like move away from being signed with labels and you know create mm. their own mixtapes, you know, and the CDs. I don't know if people even have CD players anymore, but like, you know, I he, do. he was like, yo, if I if I, you know, and then I think it was Lupe was like, yo, if I if I sell five thousand CDs for ten dollars, that's fifty thousand dollars. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, then you could you could actually make your way. You know what right. I'm saying? That yeah. way. So I mean it, it just opened up and then you start to see DC change a little bit and people can buy you know, $15 margaritas and they can buy your mixtape. They can support you. They can buy exactly. a book, you know? So it, it gave me the confidence to be like, I can actually do this. Dope, dope. So yeah, does that answer yeah. your question? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, right. this, uh, yeah. Why it was important to stay in this area. Yeah. And yeah, do it, yeah, so, yeah. 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 I appreciate it. Your that. base is at home. You know what I mean? Like yeah. even, even artists who go away, they got to come back and get their base right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They gotta, yeah. You, know, like, they, you find that out quick. Yeah. You, you yeah. find out that's where you're, you know, you have to be loyal to the folks who, who put you on. And, and um, DC's my home, man. Exactly. Yeah. So you um, so you're a father. You said you have, you have how many kids? I have two. Two kids. And um, did fatherhood uh, affect or change your art in any way? Yes. Um, a couple things. It made me more patient. I thought I was patient before, but mm-hmm. artists made me more patient. Okay. Um, it, it's challenged me to to actually um really 
work on time management because right. before when we had kids, we would get together, mm-hmm. you know, and just talk until art came about. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yo, yeah. I got this hour, everybody asleep. Right. I got to take a shower myself, not doze off, and I got to finish this poem, boy. Right, right. You know, um, as, as well as incorporating them into my skill set. So, like, I want my children also to be artisans. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, I want them right. to be, be storytellers and to understand the narrative and how to use words to get yourself in situations as well as out of situations. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I spend a lot of time with them making sure that they understand what daddy does. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um but yeah, I mean, children children inspire you in many different ways. I mean, they they are they are, you know, you see yourself, and then you realize mm-hmm. your mortality too. Like I'm, you know, I don't know how much longer I can be an independent artist, right. but I'm going to try as long as I possibly can, and then maybe my kids will take it over. But you know, at the end of the day, like I want them to be fed off of my art. So, um, you know, when you look them in their eyes, you're like, I got to go do this because right, right, they waiting, they, right. they, they need they're hungry today. Right. <laughs> exactly. For, yeah. Yeah, that's dope. So, uh, and that leads me to um, just in your opinion, uh, why is it so important to to pass that? And I think we talked about that a little bit. That ability, um, the the need for art, and like especially in times like these. But um, in your opinion, why is it important to pass that on to the next generation to make sure they understand how important art is as a form of communication, as a form of therapy, as you know everything. So. So I, I always feel like artists are undervalued in society, especially in America. Um, you know, although, you know, they make the most money at the top of the food chain, you know what I'm saying? But then, you know, after like, you know, Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise and, you know, Oprah, then everybody else makes minimum wage. You right, know what I'm saying? Right, so like, it's feast of family. Right, right, right. Um, so, but I feel, like, I feel like it is going to be something that is valued. Being creative is everything. So like, mm-hmm. ima- just, just for a second, imagine what is it, uh, Steve Jobs, right, who's like, yo, mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create this thing. You know that phone that you got plugged in the wall? Yeah. It's not going to have a cord anymore. <laughs> and you're going to be able to, uh, you, you, it's going to have this thing called the internet on it too. Right. Um, you're going to be able to put all your music on the joint. They will look at him like he's crazy. Right, yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, yo, yeah. you know, like if you, if you talked about Uber, like just even 10 years ago, like you're going to be able to hit this thing, you'll see a car, it's going to pull up. It's mm-hmm. gonna be a driver, and they're gonna take you where you want. You like, like, so you have to be creative and be a visionary in whatever you do. Right. You know what I mean? Otherwise, you're literally gonna follow the ideas of somebody else. So, like, exactly. be, just just the sheer fact that you can generate your own idea. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I know people say, "Oh, there's nothing new under the sun," but you better try to create that new idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I would say the iPhone yeah. is something that's new. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like it, it you know. It, so, like, you know, it's important to to have that skill set and that tool exactly. because it saved my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's allowed me to get out of you know tickets. You know what I'm saying? At, at, you know, or, or you know, it's a being creative and mm-hmm. coming up with a way and not necessarily just being um, accepting your condition. Mm. Is what creativity is used for, and I feel like yeah. it's the equalizer too. I feel like you know, not to not to be like super like spiritual and everything, but I feel like God, um, I feel like she <laughs> created <laughs> art to equalize everything else. So like you know, right, right. wherever you go, where there's poverty is where this the most beautiful arts created. Whether right. somebody yeah. beating on a bucket, you know what I'm saying, or yeah. just using, or um, you know, taking tires and creating flip-flops out of them and selling them to the tourists like like creativity is the thing that allows for us to adapt and survive and i feel like it is it is a necessity mm-hmm. in our lives you know what i mean so 
Yeah. Even they call it cooking is culinary arts. You know uh, what I'm saying? Art, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we, we should see everything that we do in an artistic manner. And I feel like it will allow us to, to get out of some of these boxes of limitations. That's true. That's true. And, um, you know, and, and cooking is a good example of how the art is taken and, and made into. Because, you know, now cooking isn't what it used to be. It's like uh, I have uh, one of my cousins actually went through culinary arts school um, graduated toward the top of the class. I don't know if he was the top, but he was really um, uh, a very detail-oriented chef and took the time to make these recipes and these masterful pieces and stuff. And now, like, the jobs he has um, or offered, you know, working in hotels or working in different places, uh, everything is microwave. Everything is so. And, I mean, it's the same thing with any level of creativity. You know, they take it and chop it up and make it, you know, uh, something less. But... uh, that artisanship, like you said, is is not as um, is is highly valued, but not as valuable. Well, and and and, and it sometimes it becomes challenging. Like if an institution wants to hire me, they do put parameters around what what right. I what yeah, I may yeah. envision, and you I have to microwave. No, but I, right, they're like, "Yo, put your art in the microwave." You're like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" Right, right. I like to heat my art up in the stove, exactly. sir. You know, exactly. and and you have to you have to kind of toe that line because they have the economic resources. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you gotta you gotta stand your ground and be like, well, I'm not the artist for you. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, and, yeah. and then you can still maintain relationships with them, and then eventually they come around, they might use you or not. But you know, right. so like that that is that because because unlike uh, I guess a typical nine to five where you have a supervisor or someone who maybe who, who audits you or who kind of guides you, like in the, in the course of a year, I probably have like 20, 25 different clients. Right. So everybody is different, and I have to treat everybody like they're the only one, as well as you know, negotiate with them at times where I don't feel like yeah, I feel like they either mess with my artistic integrity or I need to understand more what they want. Right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And whether I'm going to buy into it or not. Like so, that's the biggest struggle because at the end of the day, you're like yo, if I say no, I don't get paid. So it's, I mean, it's yeah. still some of the same yeah, parallels yeah. between like the the regular nine to five and being an independent artist. Exactly. Exactly. So I always like to ask all of my guests uh, this question. Uh, like to enjoy the answers because it's kind of an introspective question. If you had an opportunity to go back in time and talk to a a, a young John Johnson, let's say a, let's say a 13 year old John Johnson. You know, uh, th- understanding all the things that you've been through at this point, everything that you know today, all the wisdom that you've gained, all the life experience, um, what would that conversation be like? What would you say to 13-year-old John Johnson? I'd be like, yo, stop masturbating for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. John, Take, a break. Take a break, homie. <laughs> Alt- no, I, I understand that it is what it is, but all just right, stop right. for a second. Alternate, man. You, oh, you're right. Oh, I was get up on. And then I was like, all right, okay, I got your attention. Watch, go wash your hands. It's going to be this coronavirus right. later on. Right. You need to get in the habit of washing your hands, especially after that. And then I would say, you know, um, I would tell myself to be patient, man, because I mm-hmm. think that's what's allowed me to be successful, to, you know, to really take deep breaths and um, to be patient. Um, and, and I, I would, I would have liked to, to have learned how to play an instrument, okay. you know, so I would like to have been, you know, be able to pick up an instrument because I feel like never too late, John, yeah, it's never yeah. too late. Jason's a, a prime example. I talk about him all the time. But like, you know, as, and as we evolve, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we, we end up, you know, MC, Cajon player, Congo player, you know? So like, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's something that I would have, I would have enjoyed and, and just, and, and probably would taking, um, taking, uh, primary school a little bit more seriously. You know what I mean? I, it was more of a social experience, you know, because like you, you like, again, like I, I feel like, but I, I actually, I wouldn't even change that because like I said before, I was in the, the highest math class and the lowest reading class and I got mm-hmm. the C 
my peers in a bit like everybody in the lower reading class was joning because we couldn't read. You right. know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, you know, when it came running, you know, you sit in a circle and like if you if you could catch up far enough, you're like, all right, let me go over my part. You know what I mean? You get mad as my read too far. I'm like, I never read my part. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I knew that. That was the one right, I right, had. Right. <laughs> so, so, you know, you, you, but you learned that there, that was a coping mechanism and that was their wit and humor. But in like mm-hmm. in the math class, we were silent yeah, you know, because yeah. math is very precise. And I was exactly. like, oh, like, but, but these two groups of people were almost like, it was almost like society was dividing us. Mm-hmm. And um, there was something to that creativity, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, you need to learn how to read, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, it's very important. Um, and, it, and there's something to the rigor of like being very specific with the math, you know? So I kind of learned both of those things, but it came later on, like when I actually got to college, because that was like when you really get the reins taken off of you. Right. And you're like, yo, I have to survive. Yeah, like, and, yeah. And, you know, I remember the only reason I went to college because I was like, I didn't want to go into the military and I didn't want to go directly into working with mm. just a high school diploma. Because, you know, you just knew that the wages weren't going to be, you know, uh, you enough needed, to, yeah. to be, you know, completely independent. So, right. you know, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, Stop masturbating yeah. and take, take school seriously and pick up an instrument. Okay. Okay, that's, no, that's good advice for a thirteen-year-old boy. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, coming from your future self to know what to, what to say to you, like I like I said, I always enjoy those answers. You made me remember another um, another question I wanted to ask you real quick. Um, the uh, your acting did that come from just being a writer and and wanting to see an actor, or was it something that you actually pursued and well, wanted to do? So first of all, I think black people are probably the best actors in the world. <laughs> you know, we got to go to work every day and pretend we like our jobs. Right, right. <laughs> um, I mean, some of us do. I'm not. I'm not knocking yeah, it the no, fact no, that everyone doesn't. But real. like, you know, based upon what we've been through in this country, like we have amazing acting skills, in my opinion. Right, <laughs> um, right. And and so it was just a. It was just figuring out a way to like, you know, to be able to like literally put yourself in, in someone else's shoes. And oftentimes when you when you you know, if you're going through a tough time, you want to escape. You know, a right, lot of people right. do that, whether they drink or whether they smoke or use other illicit drugs. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think it's important to to be able to do that. And and so right. it was an outlet for me. Like, oh, I mm-hmm. get to play a leprechaun or something right, like right, that. Right. Or I get to, you know, I get to do something different. I get to play this other narrative or mm-hmm. I have a different outcome. And then you realize, like, you can do that in real life. Right. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, yeah. a perfect example is, like, you know, like, even now, like, when, when a telemarketer calls, you know, I might act like I, I'm, a, you know, I'm like, hello. Right, yeah. Who, who, is, who, is, who is this? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Are you, you, who, is this, you know, Donald Trump? You just start right, saying yeah, random. That person's, like, on the phone, like, I don't know what I'm doing. They hang right, up on yeah, you. Yeah, they have to. Yeah, like, as opposed to, like, really being yourself and being frustrated, like, you right. just... You can just play all the time. Like, you know, at, at restaurants, you can do that. At the airport, you can do that. And you realize, like, you can watch the people in front of you be like, okay, I got three more. I got to come up with something right now in order to get me through this situation. So right, exactly. It's just yeah. a useful tool. Yeah. Like, I'm saying, all, of, all the way around, creativity is a tool that you can use in order to adapt and survive in society. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, that's, um, I think I, I do the same thing. Um, I think we need to record some of those uh those telemarketer conversations, I think people will get a kick out of it. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, thank you so much for can coming. I, can, I, can I read a poem real quick? Oh, can sure, I, I yeah. I did, man, I meant to talk about the book and everything. has a book of poetry. What's the name of that book? Of it, it, it is called Love for Her. Love for Her. And, um, and is, there, is there a specific her that it's the love for? Uh, it's a whole bunch of hers. It's, the her, it's, it's all of the hers that I've experienced in my lifetime. You know what I'm mm, saying? So from mm. like dating to being married to the, to the little people 
um, who I'm teaching how to wipe from front to back. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, all of the hers who, who right, influence, right. like, you so know. You're married now? I am. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool, cool. So, um, Congratulations. Probably uh, been years and uh, years. Uh, uh, yes, yes. So um, I'm going to read, I'm, because everybody's, the DCPS is out. Right. I'm right. gonna read. I'm gonna read this a poem called uh, DCPS. Okay. Which is for. Uh, I have a song called D- DCPS too. Okay. And I'm sure it's much worse gr- than, <laughs> than what John's about to read. I have a grievance with DCPS, but we won't get into <laughs> right, that. Right. But yeah, go ahead. And so DCPS stands for District of Columbia Public School System. So, I, I had this teacher that kept it real with me when I was in high school. He said, uh, "Life is a big chessboard. They're going to treat you like pawns and peons." Colonized by Europeans, your black life matters. You are a human beyond. You see, the world has these strange customs, and most people wear masks and costumes, like outfits like Halloween. For example, the other day I was dressed up as a black man, and I got pulled up by a man dressed up as a cop. And I knew immediately I should have worn my white man in khaki outfits because the interaction would have ended in him giving me candy corn instead of tension. So I said, uh, officer, I know it's night, and I'm traveling home to Agni like a bishop to my castle. And I'm trying to do it without hassle. I like to make it to the eighth rank to my queen. And I live 64 squares away right off of Martin Luther King. But the officer was like many of you. He didn't know how to play chess. Hmm. Nor did he know how to turn the body camera on that was on his chest. He didn't have the same history teacher either. The same history teacher that said, life is a big chessboard. They're going to treat you like pawns and peons. Colonized by your peons. Your black life matters. You are a human beyond. All right, so there we go. Dope, yeah. There we go, DCPS. DCPS, check them out. So how many uh, how many books of poetry do you have published? I have one book of poetry oh, okay. published. Published, and that's that one there. That's that one right here. Love yeah. her. And people can get that. Oh, they can just hit me up to get it. It's okay, like... yeah, yeah. And I, and I definitely want you to give all your information. That's brilliant, though, uh, because it, being able to control, um, you know, your sales and stuff, make sure that, like, like, uh, like who did you say said that, you know, if I sell this many at this amount, yep. and I get that, and, you know, keeping Lupe all that money about... is, yeah, Lupe, yeah, 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 yeah. keeping all that money is, um, you know. Well, I mean, it's, it is, it's what makes you your entity. You can exactly. negotiate differently exactly. with folks once you, once you own all your stuff. So, I mean. Exactly. And it takes a little while to get there. Like, it's not, again, the, the road is, you know, you have, to, you have to be okay with having lean years and months. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. And this right. is about to be very lean for all the other artists. Again, shout out to right. all artists who, who are, um, who've had all their gigs canceled, as well as, you know, like the, the uh, wage employees who just, who are who really probably scrambling to figure out what to do, man. I, right, there's right, a, lot of, a right. lot of empathy for that. But again, kindness, empathy, sharing your toilet paper. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, <laughs> he whole, looked at Jay when he said that. No, I'm saying a whole <laughs> thing of Costco toilet paper lasts you until 2040. Yeah, you don't you know need it, so you can share you, some. You can share some yeah. of that. And that, that's yeah. what buys you real you know, capital amongst exactly. your people, man, because that's what we need right now. Exactly, exactly. And so, yeah, man, um, I definitely want you to uh, let everybody know where they can uh, find you. Uh, and where Nowhere. They can also <laughs> no, you, no social media, bro. But I mean, well, for, I call, call this nigga's phone. <laughs> good luck with that, too. I don't know how you get in contact with John. So, so, so I would say, come. We're going to have some playback shows. No, and, we're not. And, Everything and, shut down. Ain't no theaters ho- going to open. Ho- hopefully yeah. in April and May. So okay. look out for any announcements. You got to find John I'll, on the street. I'll post them on, on, <laughs> on Facebook and Instagram. Um, so you know, just look out for some stuff. Come check us out. Come bring your stories. Come hang out with some great artists mm-hmm. who are from the city. 
You know what I mean? And um, and I, I appreciate all the support you guys have given me. You know what I'm saying? You guys are too. You guys live in my neighborhood. We are our right. own tribe and community. So I appreciate having opportunities like this. And I and I appreciate y'all coronavirus uh, protocol that y'all still gonna keep it moving. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, um, I'm very grateful for that. We don't let the corona hold yeah. us down. We wipe everything down though. We make yeah. sure we stay clean yes. and stay uh, protected. And shout but, out um, Dave, man. The emails you sent me, he's real good with following up. With I know you, Dave. Sure. Yeah, this, and this show wouldn't move without Dave. It's really great, man. So shout oh, out to Dave, you, man. man, for 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 you know for being dedicated to this and keeping this going, man. It's really you, really man. important. Shout, shout out to me, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but, um, but so uh, but if they wanted to purchase the book, they would contact yeah, you, you and hit me up on Facebook. On Facebook, on, um, on Instagram. And then you also have uh, verbalgymnastics.com, and that's where, like, if yep. they wanted to get the services. Um, yep. and, and what services do you offer? So verbalgymnastics.com is where you can get playback. Um, you can hire me as a storyteller. Um, you can, you know. Oral just, historian. Or, or historian. Any, anything creative. Like, if you want to just talk to me about Break how dance, to. Breakdance. <laughs> Toothbrushing skills. How to motivate <laughs> a group of people and, and get them to really, you know, galvanize themselves. Like, I, I can, that's something that, that we can do. Yeah, yeah. So check out definitely check out verbalgymnastics.com. Uh I looked at the site uh today cuz I've, you know, only it's updated John. Okay, cuz that yeah. joint been the same for like 7 years. <laughs> Wait a minute, don't talk about it anyway. Hey. But uh, but yeah, no, I checked it out today and um you know cuz I was aware of like the, you know, the playwright and the poet and all that stuff, but all the other stuff that you do um you know, like you said the oral, oral history and uh, the playback theater and things like that. Um I was surprised. So yeah, you guys check it out and definitely uh support and um, if they wanted to follow you on Instagram, um, it, it is Verbal Gymnastics okay. on Instagram. It's yeah. also Verbal Gymnastics on Facebook. Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Definitely. So um, I want to thank everybody for checking us out today. This has been a great show. I knew it would be uh, because it's a dope individual that we have with us today. And man. we did. We, we didn't curse that much. I see your little parental advice. Yeah, thing, yeah. Man. I do it. I, I did. They said something, we, but, but uh, I did. But, but I'm I saying to, not that much. It wasn't, right, right. It wasn't did, as bad yeah. as it typically is. Yeah. yeah. So because you know Jay go ham sometimes. But anyway, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, he was in and out dinner, dinner with the kids today. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, but. Glad that we was able to do it today. We was able to have the show. Shout out uh, to all those parents at home with their kids right now. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Appreciate y'all. Learning the alphabet. prayers are with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Learn, learning how to do the woe and all the other things your kids the have been picked up in right, years of school. school. Yeah, so, uh, so interesting how they bring stuff home. I'll talk to y'all there, though. We got we to gotta wrap this up. That's right. But all right wrap man, it up, uh, B. <laughs> so on behalf of myself uh, DC's native son Jay's son hey. and our guest John Johnson thank you guys so much for checking us out today this has been the Neighbors Livecast peace peace, peace.